Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. I am here today with Ruth Van Veersen. Ruth is the creator of Blockbuster Trade Shows, which helps qualifying clients who make big-ticket B2B sales from trade shows add an extra $100,000 to a $1 million from the next trade show. And I'm really interested in talking to Ruth today because while you're going to get some tips you can use in any trade show situation, she's going to explain how you need to approach things very differently if you're hoping to land big clients. So those nice juicy clients with deal sizes of perhaps $50,000 and up, because your approach to win those kinds of clients from a trade show needs to be very different to the kind of approach you might use at, say, a consumer show or if you're making lower value sales. In fact, one of the things Ruth is going to explain is how those tactics that might be appropriate for lower value sales can actually backfire and cost you large deals that should be yours. But before we welcome Ruth and get into all that, if you're listening to this show, it could be you have professional expertise that you want to monetize and you may be wondering how you can do that with an online business or an online program within your business that breaks the time for money link. So if you're ready to turn your visibility into a scalable business that actually will work for you and your clients, then I have a free web class I'd like to invite you to. It's going to explain why something you might have heard a lot about, the ascension model or the value ladder, is actually a really bad approach for most people in your position. It doesn't tend to get them what they're looking for. And instead, I'm going to suggest to you what you can do right now to actually get on the right track with monetizing your expertise with an online program you can actually charge decent money for. So that's free. All you need to do to get that is pop along to my website and go to robtyson.net forward slash class, as in web class, for all the details. So that is robtyson.net forward slash class. And with that said, we are going to welcome Ruth. Ruth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well. It's actually shining. The sun is shining here in London for a change today. So it's been raining for about, well, I don't know, since Christmas, I think. So, um, uh, but anyway, um, really good to have you on the show. And just tell us a bit about your story, Ruth. How did you get into this area in the first place, this area of business? Well, I've been doing uh, business development now for, oh my gosh, over 20 years. And um, through, uh, you know, working uh, for different companies uh, and then uh, having my own businesses, you know, I found myself time and again uh, being involved in trade shows. Uh, so either working at them on behalf of a company, um, you know, and obviously uh, doing them myself. But what I was seeing time in, and again when I was uh, working with companies is, is just how, uh, to be honest, how poorly executed trade shows were being done. I'm very passionate about trade shows as uh, a marketing uh, vehicle for companies. I think they are one of the best ways um, and an enduring best way for companies to uh, meet new prospects, uh, to have these really valuable face-to-face conversations. Uh, but again, time and again, I, I just find that they're not being executed uh, as well as they could be. So I think companies are missing opportunities, um, but there's, you know, they're investing, uh, you know, quite a bit of money to, to go to these trade shows and not, not seeing the ROI that they could be, again, just because they're not being executed properly. And um, just expand on that for us. So when you say they're not executing properly, what are they doing wrong? What are the 
what are the big mistakes you see people making? I, I think uh, a lot of it comes down to lack of preparation and, and lack of uh, assignment of resources to the trade show strategy as part of their overall marketing and sales strategy. So, you know, I think trade shows are often... Um, they're, they're kind of neglected, like companies, they, they do them as part of their marketing strategy. Uh, they do them year in and year out, but it almost after a while becomes a token gesture. So there isn't kind of one uh, ambassador in the company assigned to oversee them, or it's, it's an ad hoc approach. And as a result, you know, when they've got a trade show coming up, you know, maybe a few days prior, a week prior, they go, they pull out their dusty old banners, uh, grab some brochures, and it's the same old, same old. So I would say it's it's the lack of preparation and planning ahead of time to say, how can we really maximize our investment in this uh, in this trade show that we're going to mm-hmm. make the most of it? And do you think there's an element that, you know, perhaps some people have, um, they may be neglecting these things because they they think oh well you know this we, we can do so much online these days and 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 that's a better opportunity yeah perhaps i mean i think companies still you know when you look at the vast number of trade show events that happen around the world and it, it's growing um and and the attendance that they get you know they're, they're sold out with exhibitors uh they have excellent visitor numbers coming through the door i think companies they do see that it's still a really good opportunity, um, but but they're they're also competing in terms of their marketing budget with yes their online marketing efforts where they also likely see well I can track my online marketing efforts much more easily in terms of the data right mm-hmm. you know the, the the data is just more readily available uh, or so they think uh, the same can be applied to trade shows there but because they don't have a system in place they're not uh, they're not gathering and tracking the data. So actually, they can track it, um, but they're just they're, they're just kind of ignorant of how to do that. Is that what's going yeah. on? Usually? Yeah, I would say that, the, that, yeah, they're just not putting the tracking mechanisms in place. And, and that's where I really am a proponent of approaching. If you're a company, if you're a B2B company going to trade shows as part of your marketing strategy, then really you need to be having a systematic approach that you can uh, kind of rinse and repeat. Um, but, but it has to be a systematic approach that really, again, maximizes that ROI. Um, and so obviously a key part of that is you have to track the data from the show. Mm. Yeah, and, and I guess that um, obviously with with the kind of clients you you help, particularly when they're making these very high value um, sales, the um, the opportunity to get face to face with potential buyers is really crucial because um, people are unlikely to spend a hundred grand off of an email right I mean usually you know usually it takes a bit more contact than that and so um the opportunity to meet a lot of buyers at a trade show can be really powerful but only if only if you're capitalizing on it in the right way exactly and you know I um because I do so uh, in my uh, consulting work with companies, I do as sort of sales management, and you know, so I talk to a lot of B two B companies, and one of the biggest, uh, I'd say, frustrations or challenges they face is 
that they want to shorten up the sales cycle. So, you know, when you're doing the, the prospecting and follow-up, it's all necessary as part of the sales process, but it can really extend that sales cycle. Trade shows give companies, especially companies selling high ticket items, it gives them an incredible opportunity to shorten up that sales cycle because of what you said, that face-to-face uh, opportunity. It There's your opportunity to develop trust immediately, to develop likability, and uh, your, and, and you've got all of your stuff there. You're kind of on display. Um, so th- that's where trade shows really are powerful. Um, again, as long as they're executed uh, effectively to represent the company well. Yeah, and I guess that some of these shows are multi-day events, right? And so actually they, there might be opportunity to, um, to talk to a, a potential client many times over the course of the show. And, and as you say, just you know, make that sales cycle even shorter, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, that can be such a great part of the strategy if you're going to be doing and a lot of a lot of the big, uh, you know, uh, the big shows, they are, you know, four or five day events. And that's uh, absolutely where you want to be having a system in place to set up appointments. So invite people back. Um, One of the things I think is really effective is to have like a VIP cocktail party. So okay. when you're at the trade show and here's a, here's a tip for listeners. So uh, if you're at a trade, if you're, you're going to be at your trade show and you know, you're going to be there for several days, organize a VIP only event. So as you know, you're qualifying these prospects who come into your booth and you only invite your hot prospects to the VIP cocktail party. So it's, it's an exclusive event. You want to build that exclusivity into it and just make sure that you're not conflicting with any, because a lot of times trade shows will have networking events and, and their own things going on at the end of the day. Just make sure you pick a date that doesn't conflict with the trade show and then do something, you know, you can um, in advance connect with a local bar, uh, book one of their private rooms and just, you know, have your kind of event person organized just a little VIP thing where you can do an information session. Um, you can do, you know, kind of just some, you could have like someone playing live music. There's a lot of things you can do around that. But again, it creates that aura of exclusivity. Yeah. And, and now, again, you're face-to-face in a private setting with your hottest prospects. Yeah, no, I really like that. I really like that. Um, yeah, really nice. And, 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 and any chance to party is always really good, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, to break the ice a little bit <laughs> with people. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and w- what's different then, Ruth, would you say, between if we want to land big clients or if we, we make big ticket sales – what is what's the difference between those kinds of sales from a trade show um, against smaller sales or consumer shows? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I would say because because there's just so much more on the line with with the bigger shows. Uh, you know, when you're doing when you're doing sales, you know, starting at fifty thousand and up, um, you're you need to work harder to build the trust. Uh, and to demonstrate credibility and, and experience. So, so all of those, those trust building factors uh, have to come into play. Uh, and that, that's where having really good conversations with your booth visitors is so critical. If you're at a B2C show and uh, let's say you're selling handbags, for example, you know, you're going to do a quick sale from your booth. Maybe you get the person into your email list. That's great. Maybe they buy another handbag, you know, in six months to a year, whatever. It, it's a, it's a 40, 50, hundred dollar purchase. It's important for that business, but there's not as much on the line 
as for a company that has also probably invested, you know, 10 times more to be at the trade show. Uh, and for them, they're, they may be doing fewer uh, deal closes, but each one is, is worth so much money. Um, so, so again, I, I just see that there's more at stake for mm. these uh, B2B companies going to, to trade shows. And they absolutely, it is absolutely critical for them to build the trust factor into the conversations and into their display. So if someone's coming, so, you know, the, their, their booth is like the first impression, right? People are, uh, you know, people are walking by and I always say it's, it's like this, you know, 10 to 30 foot rule. They're making a decision about your booth from far away. They, they're deciding if it's even worth them approaching your booth because no one wants to waste their time at a trade show talking to someone that where they're not interested, um, you know, from the customer perspective. Uh, so let's say that you've made a good impression with your booth. You've attracted them to come and talk to you. Uh, now it's up to the salespeople in the booth to do a really good job of engaging with that visitor and building the trust factor, uh, representing the company's uh, unique selling position and just really, you know, demonstrating why it's worth uh, trusting the company, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And of course with these, um, you know, as, as you, as you say, with clients selling the bigger ticket stuff, of course, the initial sale is just the beginning. I mean, um, you know, typically a client's going to stay a number of years, the average client. And so if, if you're, if you're winning or losing, uh, a sale to a big client, uh, you know, a new client at one of these events, it's a big deal, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And that's the other thing as well um, to think about when, when, you know, so a lot of companies will say to me, well, we, we go to trade shows uh, because we have to be there. We have to show our face uh, because our competitors are there. And that's something that, you know, at B2C shows, you don't hear exhibitors worrying so much about their competition, um, but, but definitely for B2B shows. So they, they need to be there not only to gain new clients, but to preserve existing because they know that their customers are going to be at the show as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm, I kind of have lost my train of thought, but, 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 but the key thing is yes, the lifetime value. Um, this is what I say to companies as well. When you're figuring out your, your ROI, you have to think about it obviously in terms of the lifetime value of a customer, right? So what's the initial sale, but then if that sale is handled well, how long does a typical customer stay with your company and what's their lifetime value? That, that needs to be worked into your calculations as well. So Ruth, imagine then that a client who was doing these trade shows and was making or trying to make these big ticket sales, but not having great success with them. Imagine they called you up and said, Ruth, we just want an approach that's going to work. And we don't, obviously don't know what we're doing because we can't make it work. Uh, but you're obviously an expert in this. What do we do? What do you tell them? Yeah, so what I do is actually work with companies through a five-stage process and uh, blockbuster trade shows you know if you think about the name blockbuster i mean obviously it's designed to help companies be massively successful at their trade shows um but it's also uh, i drew upon my uh my background as a screenplay writer as a hobby I'm, i'm a writer and um as a hobby, I do screenplay writing, which I really enjoy. I love, love movies. And I actually took the idea of the movie concept and I, I broke, uh, I broke the trade show, uh, 
process down into five stages kind of based on um, on screenplays. So the, the first stage, uh, I call it uh, the cast or, or casting. And that's where um, a company brings together uh, its key staff talent that are going to be involved in, in executing the trade show effectively. And that goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, quite often trade shows are under-resourced. Um, so, you know, I work with companies where they're at. So if they don't have a huge um, staff, we, we work with what we've got in terms of talent available, but there's certain key roles that, that I do recommend uh, in order to do an effective trade show implementation. So that's getting all of that into play. Um, you know, who's the team that's going to accept accountability for the trade show execution? and be responsible for it. Then we move into stage two. And stage two is what I call the box office. That's where we're really focused on the return on investment. So going back to what I said earlier, uh, selecting a, a calculator tool to track the return on investment and also um, you know, being committed as a team, everyone needs to buy into this idea that the ROI is going to be tracked very closely. So any expenses have to go to the person assigned, you know, typically it'll be someone in accounting, they're assigned to track the ROI. And this is all done as a separate uh, line item in the company's budget so that they can, um, you know, track data for the show and be able to calculate at the end, what was their return on investment once the sales are inputted. Uh, and then for, um, uh, the third stage, I call it act one, uh, and I call it the highlight reel. And if you think in, in a movie, the highlight reel is kind of the key, it's the key um, parts of a movie, right? It's like little snippets. And this is where we get really focused on the marketing side of things. Uh, and if you think about the marketing for a company, it is kind of like the highlight reel. You're, you're giving people little bits of marketing that give them a taste of what the company is all about, but, but they're really, really important um, nuggets of information to pique their interest. So just like a highlight reel would maybe make you want to watch a movie, that's what the marketing is all about. And so look, just to just to um, elaborate on that a bit. So what kind of stuff might go into the highlight reel, as you call it? What, what kinds of things might we be looking for? Yeah, so we're focused on uh, there's two main components. Uh, it, it is um, reviewing the display. So whatever the company's current exhibit booth is, that gets uh, scrutinized uh, very carefully. If they don't have anything in place, obviously, we're building from scratch. If they have an existing display, um, which if they're going to trade shows, they obviously would have something. We basically look at it and do a really careful um, audit of, you know, how, how, how does it look? You know, if we take an objective look at it, is it, is it, is it dated? Uh, where can we improve upon it? Is the messaging good? Is it a good traffic magnet? So that's the physical display. And then we also look at, what are what is the company using uh whether it's brochures um a video playing in their booth um any kind of lead magnets that they may want to be giving away to gather uh names another really important thing i want to touch upon um it, it's a i'm it's a pet peeve of mine when companies go to trade shows is quite a, so you know uh, companies who get who are very good at getting traffic into their booth, quite often they do it by having games, um, some kind of interactive activity to, to get people engaged. And a common thing you hear about com uh, uh, trade shows is companies know that they can attract men to their booths if they have some kind of a game like um, a basketball hoop or a mini putt golf, anything like that. And, um, you know, it, it can be really good for making their booth look busy, but my uh, cautionary note about that is 
do you have qualified prospects in your booth or are they just taking up the time of your sales team? And then you actually, you know, at the end of the day, you may have their name, but how have you qualified them? So, so I you've, got a, you've got a list of golfers, but that's about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and you know, maybe you've got some. So you've discovered that there's a lot of really good hole-in-one golfers visiting the trade show. But what do you know beyond that? So yeah. that's that's not an effective um, engagement tool, I would say. Uh, so I always encourage companies to think really creatively and come up with with having something interactive is really good. Make sure it's on brand, that it has some, it's engaging people with your brand. And there's always some kind of solution you can, you can come up with around that. So that's a big one that I encourage companies to, uh, to think about. Um, and then uh, stage four, I call it, it's act two, I call it the performance. This is where you're, um, you know, you're, you're at the, you're, you're getting ready for the performance. You're actually doing the trade show. Um, but, but there's key things that have to be done to prepare for that. So uh, you, the, the focus here is on the sales team, the people who are going to be on the floor at the trade show. And a, a big area that I focus on is uh, helping sales teams engage better with prospects, have better conversations to qualify them better. Um, so, uh, and this is an area that it's, you know, it sounds like an obvious thing that, oh, just, you know, anyone doing a trade show would know how to do this. Whenever I, I have a training where I help, um, I help companies have better conversations at trade shows. That's all we focus on. And I'm amazed at the, how, um, people come up to me after the training and they say that it's that really shifted my thinking. I haven't been engaging people well with conversations. So, so it's, you know, getting the salespeople ready to, uh, you know, build the trust, have those good conversations. Um, and then the last stage, stage five, uh, it, it's basically the third act. So this is the, in a movie act three is wrapping everything up. I actually call it, that's a wrap. And, uh, but, but this is the, even though we're nearing the end of the process, it's in many ways just the beginning because the uh, the this is where the sales team now takes over and is responsible for following up on all of the leads generated from the trade show. This is oddly and paradoxically the most neglected part of any trade show. Uh, statistically, most companies do not follow up on the leads that they generate, which sounds strange, uh, given all the time and money invested. Um, but I think, you know, what tends to happen is that the, the staff return back to the office, um, they get caught up in other things, and no one has been assigned the responsibility of lead follow-up. Uh, so, you know, kind of begs the question, what, what was the point of the trade show exercise? To me, the leads are the gold. They're the gold generated from the from the trade show so and so and sorry just just to um come in there and so i guess that's the point that's the real value in in stage one which is the cast which is figuring out it's i suppose it's actually making some people accountable for for what happens so that the leads don't just slip through the cracks and everyone moves on to some you know everything else that they're, they're trying to get on with Exactly. And as part of that casting process, um, there's actually a, a tool that I have uh, that I, you know, companies use as part of uh, blockbuster trade shows. It's actually, it, it lays out who's the team, and what are the activities that they are committed to undertaking uh, and that they are held accountable for. And I think that that's a, a big challenge with companies as well, that they, they um, they're not necessarily holding people accountable for 
uh, tasks associated with the trade show. So that's where the casting is so important at the beginning. People are identified and committed. I'm going to do this. And as a team, we're going to make sure that we have a blockbuster trade show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other, the other final thing that's important in, in uh, the final stage is having a debriefing meeting as a team uh, and reporting back to upper management, you know, so they have that debriefing meeting, what worked well, what didn't, how can we improve for the next trade show? Um, and then over time, finalizing the ROI calculation. So the sales are, you know, depending on their sales cycle, it may take a while for those sales to come in, but uh, certainly, you know, as, as they're coming in, it's, it's reporting on the sales tying it in the CRM back to the trade show so that the accountant can do an accurate ROI calculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. And um, <clears throat> so just to come back to one of the, one of the points you made there, which was about um, there being so much value in engaging and, and qualifying people who come to the booth. So what are, what are some tips you can give us around that? I mean, are there, are there particular questions to ask or are they, are they always um, specific to the individual company? Are they? Are, I mean, are there are there kind of generic ones that are good to ask, or are they always specific to the situation? Yeah. So, so when I'm working with a company, we'll come up with ones unique to the company and the type of trade shows that they go to. But as the, so, there's you know the initial icebreaker ones, right? Um, what I always say to to people is, don't ask yes or no questions. And because, because we tend, you know, depending also on the, on the person's comfort level in the booth, but they're, if they're in sales, they, they should be pretty comfortable engaging with, uh, you know, with, with, you know, people that they haven't met before. But, um, but we even seasoned salespeople tend to ask yes or no questions. Um, so, you know, I, I even discourage, you know, saying, how are you today? Just, just, you can ask questions like, um, as icebreakers, how are you enjoying the show? What what brought you to the show today? Uh, you know, so kind of you, what you want to do is get them talking. Uh, and then once you've got, kind of gotten through a few agreed upon icebreakers that everyone should be asking the same icebreaker questions. And then what you want to do is move it, move the conversation and probe to find out if the person is even a prospect for your products so or services. Uh, and and th- that's where we do some customized questions uh, for, with the company. But all of the, w- whatever questions we come up with, they are all designed for, with the same purpose. Uncover what the prospect's pain points are and uncover where they are in the buying journey. So, uh, so you know, we will craft pain point questions for the particular company and then as the salesperson is talking with that prospect, what they also want to do is qualify them by gauging, are they, uh, do they have the authority to make a buying decision? Uh, do they have the desire at that time? Or are they thinking maybe six months, a year, two years out? And do, can, can, do they have the, um, the money for it? So th- those are kind of the three qualifiers that I look at when I'm qualifying someone. And I think most you know, salespeople do. And we, we create questions to determine those three things because the, the person may, uh, first of all, if they're, if they don't have the authority, it's worth asking them, well, who, you know, who in your company would be the person that you would recommend I speak with, right. Or follow up with, if they don't have the money, uh, you know, it's worth finding out, well, is this something you're thinking of putting into your budget for next year? So now the, now the salesperson can make some notes about what follow-up process to do with them. 
yeah I, I like it I like it and um yeah that's really interesting I don't know if this is something you talk to people about I, I always remember cause I used to I had a bit of experience we we used to run a, a um I'm not sure whether you call it a trade show exactly because it was it was a consumer show but um it, we we called it an exhibition but I always remember I did a little bit of research into that and I remember um one of the things that stuck in my mind at, at any rate was um was this thing of having a having a signal to someone else on your team you know if you get stuck with someone and they just keep talking and talking and it's really hard to break away and you're just having that you're, you're supposed to have a you know a signal that you can show so for example do something with a pen and then uh, your colleague comes and says oh you know there's a uh, there's an important call from you for uh, uh, from corporate for you better go and take it kind of thing and yeah you do escape so um because yeah. I, I mean that's a bit of a danger as well isn't it because it it sounds trivial but equally um you want to make the most of your time yeah exactly i i get that question uh because i'll, I'll sometimes do uh webinars um just kind of intro webinars and and uh they're interactive people and ask questions about their trade shows and I get that question quite a bit, you know, what, what if I get stuck talking to someone and, and I know that they're not uh, even a, like they're, they're a cold prospect. They're not like, or, or, or a, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to be a client, but they keep them talking. And uh, there's a couple of things I recommend. Uh, one, body language is very powerful. I've been in this situation myself at trade shows. I will start to shift my body um, just more towards uh, another part of the table. And I might even say to the person, you know, I'm just, I just need to uh, stand here in case, you know, I, I need to make sure if other people are coming along that I can just give them some information, right? So you're still letting them know you're paying attention, but that you also, it kind of, I find it's an effective trigger to let them know that, you know, maybe they've taken up enough of your time. The other thing is if you have a process in place for what you do with with prospects, I'll, I'll do my best to explain this, but if someone is in your booth taking up a lot of your time, they know if they're qualified or not. They might just be wasting your time or they like to chat, right? Um, so what you can do is begin to outline your process. So you can say, well... So what we first do with, uh, with people who are, in, who are interested in our products is we set up a demo or we set up um, a meeting. Uh, you know, let me just grab my, my planner and, and we'll, we'll see when we can fit you in. So that shifts the conversation. Now you're asking them to make a commitment to something. And I find once you do that, people will usually self-disqualify and they'll, they'll carry on to another booth. So it's shifting them into taking action to a next step in the sales process. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I can see how that would um, separate the separate the wheat from the chaff. I mean, not yeah. to be not to be unkind, but you know, ultimately, um, you know, you need to. Um, as I said, you you only have limited time. You've got to make the best uh, that you can with it. Well, and and you can see how important the whole uh, the in booth uh, prospecting process is so critical because. Um, like, let's say that the people in, who are the sales team in the booth aren't the ones assigned to do follow-up. Typically they would be, but let's say they're not. So uh, you go back, you hand off a bunch of leads to people in the office and say, okay, now follow up on these. They're going to want to know, tell me, tell me about the lead. How are they qualified? What did they opt into? So if you have these processes in place in the booth, um, it's, it's much more effective for the whole company, right? For, for that final stage of, of the sales follow-up um, so you know again th th these asking these qualifying questions and having a, a prospect qualification process in the booth is is really essential
Yeah, no, really good. And and in terms of the the follow up after the show, is it just a case of the faster the better, or is it a bit more nuanced than that? Uh, absolutely, the faster the better. Um, okay, it, it's not more nuanced than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, the, the I always say that the first uh, forty eight hours, and even really the first twenty four hours, are absolutely critical, um, especially for B two B companies because. Uh, you have competition at the show. And if you're not following up with those leads as soon as possible, your competition's going to, or the, or the lead is just going to move on to other things and, and, and potentially forget about you. So you absolutely need to be getting on the phone uh, because they're already warmed up. There's nothing wrong with picking up the phone right away, but also whatever your follow-ups, like put them into your CRM, put them into, if you have a, you know, if you have um, a follow-up, you know, email series, whatever it is you do is follow-up, get them into that system, but also you, you have to make sure that you're picking up the phone. And here's another tip. Um, if, if you haven't done an event at the show, or maybe you have, like at the VIP event I mentioned, it's also really effective to have an after show event. And that doesn't have to be a big in-person event. It can be um, something like a webinar. Now you've given your sales follow-up team uh, a, a really valid reason to follow up with leads and you want to invite them to, uh, to whatever webinar you, you make it some kind of an education based webinar. Uh, I find that to be a really effective uh, follow-up tool, especially if you've been at a show out of um, your city or out of state or province and uh, you've got people coming from all over the place, right? A webinar, it doesn't matter where they are. Um, but, you know, if it's a more local uh, trade show, you can also do an in-person, another in-person event, uh, maybe an event. Uh, you can do a tour of your facility. There's a lot of things you can do after the show to really engage with your prospects further. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Creative um, yeah. ideas to... Um to to keep the momentum going i guess um i guess we accept that with most people we're going to have to follow up but sometimes that won't be the case right i mean it, we it is possible we we can even at these um even with these big ticket deals possibly we, you know if we get the we get the ceo at the at the trade show or whatever it's not impossible we we couldn't get a deal there so how it should to what extent should we be prepared um to do deals there and then if we can. I would say absolutely be ready for that. Um, yeah, you definitely don't, don't want to be caught off guard. If, if someone is, is ready to go and they're really excited about your solution, then um, be ready to, whether it's knowing, at, at, like a lot of these trade shows, they have meeting spaces available uh, for, for doing uh, appointments or like sales meetings. Um, you know, you can do it in your booth. I, I see a lot of companies, they'll have a table for that. Uh, you could also, uh, you know, the person may want to set up an appointment with you, right? I mean, th that's a, a wonderful ideal scenario. If you've got, if you've got a prospect who basically says, yeah, I like what you're all about and I want, I want to have a meeting, just be ready. Uh, encourage them to meet with you that day uh, at the show. Uh, and if, if, they, if that doesn't work, just make sure that you've got the appointment booked uh, with a salesperson and that person before they leave your booth. And if, and if someone's that interested, they're going to be very open to looking at their calendar and booking something with you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. So we can, we can hopefully, uh, hopefully do some deals there and then, which is always a nice feeling. 
Um, well, and, yeah, and and uh, the other thing is if, if you've uh, planned your strategy well in advance, you can have incentives for people to be booking appointments with you at the show, right? So whether they're meeting with you there, making some commitments, um, you know, it, it, again, this is going to depend on the company and what they do. Um, but the company can, uh, a lot of companies will have show specials. And, you know, I'm very sensitive to gimmicky things. I think most consumers are. Uh, but if you, if it sounds like a legitimate enticement that it's like, yeah, you know what, that actually really is a good savings. It is just a show special, but you have, but you have to commit to booking a meeting uh, while you're at the show, then um, that's another really great way to increase your um, prospect to sales conversion. Yeah, no, yeah, I really like that. And um, I guess it's really comes back full circle to what you're saying at the beginning, which is, you know, you can just from talking to you, it's obvious that people can get way better results just by doing the thinking and the preparation around these things. You know, it doesn't, you know, they, they perhaps don't need to be superstar salespeople, but they just need to start to get the right, systems in place and and think about this in a bit of detail rather than just rock up at the show and just kind of go okay well you know case sarah sarah exactly it, it the the preparation is absolutely essential and i think this is where a lot of companies just don't devote enough time and resources but the payoff is huge and you know i the, um in my outsourced sales work i i i will often say that you know, anyone, I believe anyone uh, who has the desire can be a really good salesperson, but what companies are lacking are the systems. The more mm -hmm. you can systematize the sales process um, and, 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 you know, th that includes systematizing your trade show approach, then that means that now you have empowered your salespeople with the tools they need to, to uh, engage better with prospects at the trade show, leading to more sales being closed. So it's equipping them, right, with what they need. And that comes right down to, are they proud to be in the display? Is it doing a good job of attracting visitors? Are the marketing tools engaging? Are you collecting leads? Are you having good conversations? And then are you doing the sales follow-up? So, but it all begins with the preparation. Yeah, great. And if listeners only took one nugget or piece of advice away from this conversation what is it Ruth uh it's that if you're if you're going to do trade shows uh commit the resources uh and the time to trade shows that they deserve so that you can really maximize your return on investment very good and is there one small concrete action they could take right now to to get started with this kind of thing you mean besides contacting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, obviously there's that, but um, if, you know, what else, what else could they do that would just help them take a step in the right direction? I would say, uh, look, uh, so look at what they're currently doing. Uh, take a look at, at their existing approach, pull out their trade show booth um, and do an honest objective evaluation and see if if there isn't maybe you know can some consensus that with some creative thinking and preparation they could maybe be dramatically increasing their roi but begin by looking at what they're doing do an evaluation and um and, and just see if yeah maybe they they find that they're not maybe missing the mark a little bit sure 
Very good. Oh, it's been really good, Ruth. Thanks for for um, all this information. Where is the best place for people to get more from you around this kind of thing? Uh, well, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do a lot of um, connecting, communicating with people on LinkedIn initially. So if they wanted to just look for me on LinkedIn, that's a great place to start. It's just under uh, Ruth Van Beersen. And they can also check out my website. I, my website's pretty comprehensive with uh, information about what I do. It's, it's also got, I, I do really value pack blogs that they may want to check out. They can learn a little bit more about my approach to sales and marketing. Um, so, and that's revsquared.ca. Very good. Well, this has been really good, Ruth. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you. And and with you. And thank you, listener. And we will be back uh, same place, maybe same time. I'm not quite sure, but we will see you very soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you. Apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free but availability is limited so please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,